Hello, everybody. Hello, my beautiful ladies. Welcome to the Bold and Virtuous podcast. We have officially begun. This is episode one. In this episode, I just want you guys to get to know me a little bit. I don't want this to be some stranger speaking to you. I want you guys to feel like you really know me and I want to know you too. First of all, let me introduce myself. So my name is Denisa. Denisa is actually a Romanian name because I was born there. I moved to the UK when I was 10 years old and this is where I've lived ever since. I did live in Spain for a couple of years, but now I'm back again. So when it comes to knowing Christ, honestly, I don't even remember a time when I did not know him. I was raised in a Christian home. I've been familiar, if you will, with the word of God, with the Christian living, with all of it for my entire life. However, as the Bible says, that does not mean that you are saved. Just because you go to church, just because you know of God does not mean that you are saved. It is knowing him and having a relationship with him that truly makes the difference. I actually got saved when I was 13. That's when I truly gave my life to God. I was baptized in water at 15 and I followed Christ ever since. I, I had my, my ups and downs, of course. I am certainly not perfect. I still have a long way to go, but the Lord helped me to remain in him throughout all of it. And he's been so, so faithful the entire time. So even though I, I came to God when I was 13, I did go through a lot of trials afterwards, uh, like everyone does. And because I was so young, I still had a lot of temptation in the world, especially when I went to university, when I made different friends that I shouldn't have made, things, things like that, decisions decisions that I shouldn't have made, all of those things. And it constantly set me back. I never turned from God, particularly. I always wanted to remain in him and I always sought repentance. But I just, I had this curiosity about the world that a lot of young people have because, you know, we want to experience it for ourselves before we officially reject it. And you know what they say? Everyone thinks they are the exception to the rule. We think, oh, my mother hasn't found any form of contentment in the world, but I will. Oh, my my sister has not found any form of love in a broken relationship, but I will. So we always think that we are going to be the exception. But let's be honest. We never are. I mean, if if and even if we are, it is so ridiculously rare that it is impossible for so many of us to be the exception. So one thing I will start with is to encourage whoever's listening is to encourage anyone that if you think that you are the exception to the rule of a relationship you're in that you shouldn't be in or uh, a job that you shouldn't be doing or I don't know, whatever the case may be, look at your intention and your reason behind it. And if you know that it does not please God, Maybe stop trying to tell yourself that things are going to work out different because you're going to put yourself through a lot in order to get there. But anyway, so what happened afterwards is that I was going through a season of my adolescence, <laughs> which let's be honest, is one of the hardest decades of our lives because we are so lost and we are so confused out in the world. Uh, and we think we are completely alone and we always feel misunderstood. We always feel mistreated. 
uh, even by family. We, we just think, oh goodness, no one gets me. That is the slogan of our lives. When you are 13 up to like 19 years old, maybe even 20, no one gets me. No one understands me. <laughs> and, um, you know, just a lot of attitude. And whenever I look back to that time of my life, I just think, oh my gosh, I cannot, I cannot believe the perspectives that I had on life. And I'm, I'm sure that a lot of you guys out there can understand me. And if you are a teenager, do not dishearten, okay? What you're feeling right now will pass, even though you feel like it's so great and it's so big. And even though the whole world feels like it's against you, I promise you, once your 20s hit, clarity will start to settle in, maybe even earlier, depending on your situation. I just want to encourage you guys that it does not end like this. So the way that I like to tell my testimony is that in a weird way, I kind of dedicated my life to God at 13 and then rededicated it with more seriousness and more commitment when I was 18. So I was at university and I ended up in a very, very dark place. I ended up making friends with people that were not healthy or good for me. I was, I was in a very kind of naive and innocent headspace. I didn't experience a lot of so-called darkness in my life up until then. I mean, I did have heartbreak and I did have family issues of course but the idea of the darkness of the world was not clear to me. I I didn't truly understand how much sin there is in the world because my family always sheltered me from that but when you reach university and you are completely separated from your family you are truly given the opportunity to live the world. Thankfully I I didn't get into relationship that scarred me. I didn't make any decision taking drugs or drinking alcohol or being intimate with a man. It is incredibly difficult and the world is such a tempting place. So the fact that I was able to make it through without touching those things is, is truly a shock to me because a lot of the friends that I made were so obsessed with drugs and, and getting high and getting drunk and going clubbing and lust and oh, just so many different things. I was just completely lost in this world. But because the enemy saw that he wasn't getting to me through the outside sources and materials. None of that was speaking to me because like I said, I, I I grew up in a very sheltered home and I was always told that sin was sin and that these things were not good for you. I really believed them when they said that. I had a very, I've always been a very trusting person. So I just trusted that and I didn't, I didn't want to touch any of it. I had real willpower. That, that was, that was from the Lord because I don't, I don't even know how I did it. Um, but what I'm trying to say is that because the enemy couldn't get me from the outside, what did he do? He came to me from the inside and he started attacking me from my mind. And you know what the Bible says that the mind is, is the greatest battlefield and it all started to fall. We see ourselves as the victim or either we see ourselves as the attacker and we see ourselves as the broken one. And that was definitely me. I struggled with confidence and low self-esteem long before this. I mean, I had doubts about my own beauty. 
for a very long time. When I was in Romania, it just, I was very a very skinny girl because I ran so much and I played outside. You know, we didn't have computers. We didn't have any of this stuff. This, these phones and things to to play with so my whole life I just I exercised if you will and we only ate we only ate very very healthy food things that were made in our very back garden and you know things like that so that kind of life was just very very good for my body and my health but when I moved over here I could no longer just run around in the streets because it's dangerous you know over there I was like six and I would just go away from home on my own without any form of fear that anyone will do anything to me because there was just this safety in the streets I mean I'm not saying it's still there now but the 90s the early two 2000s I don't know I feel like they were very very different to today and um, when I came to the UK, I started, I'll never forget this moment. I was in the, in, we were having PE, so gym, and the girls were all changing in the changing room. And when I look around me, that was the first time in my life that I saw girls my age that were overweight. I'd never seen that before. Like, that is how different life was in Romania. Every girl that I knew, every friend, my entire school, the neighbors, everyone was was skinny, guys and girls. And even if there was someone who was a little bigger, they were kind of bigger built, but they were not fat. They were not like, you know, overweight. Um, all of them were just thin and it was normal because it wasn't just that the children exercised a lot more, but rather the, the food wasn't so full of sugar. There wasn't so much available to us. So obesity, so child obesity was not even something that I even knew was real or was something that was possible. So imagine my face when I'm looking around this changing room and I remember one of them who ended up being my one of my friends actually had this belly at the bottom of her stomach and I mean if you look at her today if I look at her today you know I'll say she's she's just normal but to me as a young girl I looked at her and I was like oh my gosh why is her skin like that why why is her belly like my grandmother's you know I just I was so confused I was so so like perplexed by what is going on I never knew that women could look like that and fast forward a couple of years I started to see that my body was changing and it was becoming the same I was starting to have a bit of a belly you know my thighs were getting bigger all of this stuff because I started eating things that I'd never eaten before a lot more sugar a lot more fat takeaway I'd never had takeaway before you know and even if I I think I, I had McDonald's like once in my life before I came to, to to the UK so it was all just so new and I just stuffed myself with it and as I started to see that my body was becoming that I started to panic and I started to see and I started to blame myself and think that oh my goodness I'm turning ugly um, which is horrendous to even say out loud because that is so not true. But, you know, as children, we think that if we don't look a certain way, we lose our beauty. Um, and that's why Botox exists. That's why all these diets exist because we no longer think that being the way that you are is good enough. And, you know, we live in this world where some people try their best to kind of make it seem like that is okay, but let's be honest, people still judge.
But anyway, fast forward back to university. So I was in my second year and I found myself in my room, in the dark, physically and metaphorically, just stuck in the corner on the floor, my arms wrapped around my knees, crying my eyes out, completely heartbroken at who I was. I detested looking in the mirror. I even, the year prior, I started getting acne and my skin just exploded. It was, it was one of the, the worst things I'd been through. And not only did I suffer with, you know, the low self-esteem when it came to my body image and I had to constantly exercise and constantly watch what I'm eating because I was so scared of gaining weight. And then when I would, I would, I would feel so insecure and I would hate myself for it. But I also had acne now and even looking at my face I detested what I saw I covered myself in makeup over makeup and it didn't work and I just felt like you know I was completely unlovable and God was still in my life I mean he was obviously still there but he was distant in my heart I just I felt unworthy to worship him I felt like I didn't deserve to call him father because I wasn't good enough you know I I and I think a lot of us girls go through this, let's be honest, where we think that we cannot come to God as we are because we're not enough. Uh, and that is exactly how I felt. I felt. I felt like he would reject me. And I felt like he was mad at me all the time. All the time, I felt like he was mad at me. Like he looked at me with disappointment. He didn't like who I'd become. He basically turned his face away from me. That's that's the lie that the devil kept telling me and I believed it. Over time, I found so many people at university that were so used to the idea of self-harming and attempting suicide and all these things. And before, the, the, that concept was foreign to me. But after seeing and hearing that it's possible, the devil used it and said, oh, you could do it too. Why don't you try it? You deserve punishment. Why are you still alive? Why are you going on when you know you don't deserve to live on happily and with a smile on your face? You deserve punishment, but you know God is too good to punish you, so you have to do it yourself. Those are the things that he kept telling me. And it was absolutely, absolutely horrendous what it did to me because my mistake was I listened to it, but then again, I was in such a dark space and I was so confused that I don't blame myself for it anymore. All I'll say is if you hear any of those thoughts, girls, please, please do not listen to one simple, even syllable of it because it is all completely lies. It is all nothing but deceit. It is the devil trying to paint this picture of, of the heavenly father that we have as a rejecter, as someone who will only be good to you when you are good yourself. But that is the that is the biggest mistake of it of it all because how can we be good when the source of good itself is not in our lives? Let's be honest, we know the truth is that we come to Christ as sinners and as broken and rejected as we are and he's the one who accepts us. He's the one that turns us inside out, cleans us up and fills us with light. And confidence and that's what he did for me so I was in my room one day I was self-harming at this point I was biting myself um, I used razors to cause myself pain 
I believed that I deserved pain, but because none came, like I, I believed I, I deserved to like be in an accident or I don't know, be in a coma for the rest of my life. Like it was just horrendous that the thoughts that come to your mind in those moments have such darkness spread over them and they lead to nothing but death and destruction of your soul. So please be careful if you have any form of, of, of thought like that, talk to someone, talk to someone you love, talk to someone at your church, do not sit in those lies on your own because they will get bigger and bigger until they will take your life, they will. And you may think, oh, it's not a big deal. I just have a little insecurity. But trust me, if you let it simmer and sit in there, it will eventually grow. We need to live in confidence and we need to live in the boldness of coming before the throne because that is what makes a, a virtuous woman. Let's be honest. It's being able to know who we are and to live in the truth of who we are. But all those things, all those insecurities are lies, complete and utter lies. So do not trust or believe any of them. I looked at my hands and at that point, the devil brought my attention to my wrists and said, right there, a couple of lines is all you need to cross in order to have this all be over. And when I looked at my veins, I, I swallowed and all of a sudden it's like, the brightest light shone over me. It's like, it's like something clicked, you know? It's like just something said, no, enough, you know? It's, it's like it just said, enough, enough, enough playing with me, enough toying with me, enough toying with my emotions, enough, that's enough. It's, it's, I got angry at that moment, you know, because I realized where the devil was leading me. And what he forgot <laughs> uh, was that I knew the Bible. I knew the word of God. Who are we to mess with eternity? It is only God alone who has the right to judge where we go and when we go. What I knew was that I couldn't leave this life listening to the devil. That alone was, was reason to reject everything that he was saying. And I stood up and I started shouting in the spirit and I started shouting for the name of Jesus. And I said, God, help me, get me out of this because I know it's the devil at work in me. And I know that this is not you. And I know that this is not what you want for me. Therefore, whatever the devil says I deserve, it's not true. And everything just unraveled from that. It, it brought back my faith and my confidence in the Lord. It was completely the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's kind of like Job when the devil asks God, oh, he serves you now, but if I touch his family, he won't anymore. Or if I touch his possessions, he won't anymore. If I touch his body, he won't anymore. And God allows it. But eventually he says, enough, stop. He's mine and he has proven that he will serve me no matter what he loses. So it was the same thing for me that at that point, you know, I said to God, Lord, I... I'm yours. I still choose to honor you. It's, I never dishonored God. I never threw him, you know, I never blasphemed with my mouth saying, oh God, why did you create me? Why did you leave me? I'm worthless. It was never like that. I never looked at God as the, as the culprit. I blamed myself. And in that moment, God was like, enough, <laughs> enough devil, get out of here. This is my daughter. And after that, everything started to just skyrocket, you know, and in that night I told God, Lord, 
I am yours. I am yours and I will always be yours. So, you know, that story always brings me such emotion and such love for Christ because he saved me. He really, truly and completely saved my life. Spiritually, of course, and physically. I know for sure that I can live the rest of my life in joy and in peace, no matter what happens. It, it hasn't been easy since I was 18 to now. I'm not saying that any of this was easy. And I'm sure it's the same for you guys. It's not easy. But God knows who we are. And he knows what we're capable of. And every day of our lives, we need to focus on finding what we are made for. We need to focus on finding what our purpose is, finding what we need to serve, who we need to be and become and work and strive and persevere for it. And with God, we will do it. We can change the world, girls. We can change the world. And I don't mean by, you know, politics and, you know, saving the planet and all that stuff. I mean the souls. The souls are the ones that need to be saved. Because let's be honest, this world will, will, will be destroyed eventually anyway. But it is the Lord's desire that we save each other. That we bring each other to Christ. And actually, the Lord will do the saving from there. But our job is to share. Our job is to evangelize. Our job is to change. Because sometimes even just being like Christ is enough of a testimony. Sometimes we don't even need to say anything. We just, we show character that is holy and pure and people get drawn to it. This is, it's happened to me so many times where people just looked at me and said, I've never seen God the way I see him in you. People that I'd never even mentioned Jesus to would look at me and see it. And they'd be like, what is it? What is it about you that's different? They, people would think I was drunk all the time or high or that I slept around all the time. I'm, ter I'm telling you, there, the amount of people would come to me like, oh, you have many friends, don't you? You know, implying that I was doing something in the night and then the next day I'd be really happy. And I'm, I'm looking at them and, and replying, the joy that I have and the light that you see in me, it does not come from another man or come from something that I'm doing. It comes from God. And at first, yes, they would roll their eyes and think, oh, this woman is crazy or she's lying to me. But eventually, eventually they see the truth. So to finish my first episode, I wanted to pray for you guys and to pray for this podcast. Dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you bless this person that is listening right now, that you help them to find you, that you help them to see you, that you help them to understand you in a whole new way, Father. Let them listen to all these words that you have put in me and let them be inspired to, to follow you, to commit to you that much more. I pray for this podcast to bring light, to bring love, to bring change for the better, God. And none of this is for my own glory or credit, but it is only to glorify you, Father. And you know that that comes from my heart when I say that. So Jesus, I leave this beautiful project in your hands and I pray that every person who listens to this, whether they listen to every episode, to one here, to one there, whether they listen to 10 minutes or five seconds, I pray that they are able to hear your voice through it and your voice alone. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thank you guys so much for listening. Join me for my next episode. You can actually already play it. The first three episodes are available together as a package deal. And then after that, I will be posting a new episode every week. So look out for those. Thank you for listening. Have a brilliant, bright and lovely day. Love you girls. God bless you. And I look forward to being bold and virtuous together. Thank you.